Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. Our passage for today is Psalm 130, a song of ascents. Out of the depths I call to you, Lord. Lord, listen to my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for help. Lord, if you kept an account of iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. I wait and put my hope in his word. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for there is faithful love with the Lord, and with him is redemption in abundance, and he will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. Oh, Father God, we thank you and we praise you this morning because you are faithful, because we can trust in your forgiveness, in your redemption, in your grace for us through Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that even in times of waiting, we can trust that you are working for our good and for your glory, and that you know what you're doing, Lord. Sometimes we have questions and we don't understand, but Lord, help us to understand what it means to wait, what it means to trust in you. And today, God, I pray that you would just open our hearts, search our hearts, show us if there are any ways within us that are not of you, Lord, that are not working towards being like you and lead us in your way everlasting, Lord God. I pray that you would just be with Shayon today as he um, shows us your word, shows us the truth in your word. Help us to receive from you today, Lord, and give him your words to speak to us this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are good. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so we're continuing in our series from the heart, looking at the Psalms one at a time. And if you haven't already, please do open your Bibles to Psalm 130. It was just read for us, but that's where we're going to be this morning. Uh, Every year, at the end of the year, Spotify puts out this thing called Spotify Wrapped. Uh, and essentially, it's, it's recapping the top artists and the top songs of, of what you listen to throughout the year. And so many of you got to revisit some of those artists, maybe some that you forgot, some of the songs that were popular and helped you throughout the year. Uh, in our case, for Natalie and I, when we looked at our Spotify rap, uh, the top songs were Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, the, the Planes movie soundtrack, and Wheels on the Bus. Uh, and so those songs were the most played for, for Natalie and I. And the reason is because we put those songs on when we're on trips with our children because it helps them calm down and endure the trip to wherever we're going. 
In the same way, Psalm 130 is a song that the people of God used on their journey towards Jerusalem. If you look in the psalm, it says a song of ascents. So the people of God use these collection of songs to prepare their hearts and ready themselves as they made their way to Jerusalem. A long journey at times, and these songs help them on the way. It it helped them by reminding them of who God is. And just like the Israelites are pilgrims, the Bible tells us that we're on a journey. It calls us pilgrims, it calls us sojourners. And so in that way, this song will help us as well because our journey is not to Jerusalem, but to the heavenly Jerusalem. Even as we looked at that in in our heaven series, we're citizens of heaven. And so we're on our way there. And as we're on our way there, Psalm 130 is going to help us. And it does that because it gives us a a clear picture of who God is. And why is that important? It's important because of this. Because as we see God clearly, it helps us to know God. And as we know God, and this is our takeaway for today, as we know God, knowing God leads us to hope in God. A clear understanding of who he is, what he has done, and his work in the world helps us to hope in God, not only for today, but for what is to come. It helps us to wait on him patiently. So let's turn to the psalm, starting at verse 1. So Psalm 130, a song of ascents. It says this, out of the depths I call to you, Lord. Lord, listen to my voice and let your ears be attentive to my cry for help. So the psalmist comes to God and he makes it very clear that he's in a very desperate situation. Look at the words he uses, out of the depths I cry to you. This this phrase communicates that he's in the, the deepest part of the waters overcome by the waves and so he's calling out to God for help. So there's a, a word here for us as believers is, is that Life with God isn't always smooth sailing. There's gonna be times of of great despair. See, when we look around the world, we're gonna see evil and oppression and injustice. Sometimes when we look at ourselves, we see the sin that we're still struggling with. We're waiting for prayers to be answered and it seems like it's been so long. We, We see other believers hurting one another. We see all of these things and it causes us to despair. And so the psalm is written for moments like this. And so we're so glad that the psalmist doesn't end here in verse two, but he keeps going and he reminds us of who God is and why we can turn to him and why then we can hope in him. So he keeps going. He doesn't end there because if he did, that would be a very depressing psalm, but he keeps going. Verse three, Lord, if you kept an account of iniquities, Lord, who could stand? See, the psalmist makes it very clear what the problem is, what he needs deliverance from. See, if you came to our uh, Christmas celebration a a couple weeks ago, during the intermission, Merlin led us in a game. It was a sit down if you did, etc. So everyone was standing and she said something like, sit down if you don't like Christmas carols. And people would sit down and over the course of time, only a few people were left standing and then the winner got a prize. In this case, the Lord says, all who have sinned, sit down. And so what the psalmist is saying is that when we come before a holy God, no one is left standing. 
See, the problem that the psalmist faces and the problem that we face is the problem of the guilt of sin. Because God is holy and we are not, that's a, that's a problem. Look at what Paul says in Romans 3. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one is exempt from this problem. It's universal and it affects us all. And so when the psalmist says, who can stand, the, the answer and the clear answer for all of us is no one. No one can stand before a holy God because of the guilt of sin. But the psalmist gives us hope in the very next verse. Look at verse four. But with you, there is forgiveness. I'm gonna read it again because it felt like it didn't really land. Uh, but with you, there is forgiveness. Amen? There's forgiveness. Why? So that you may be revered. So the psalmist wants to give us two reminders in the psalm, and the first is this. Remember, our God is forgiving. Remember, our God is forgiving. See, God forgives all those who come to him in faith and confess their sins and commits to live a life of repentance. But did you notice there's nothing that the psalmist needed to do to receive forgiveness from God? He just simply comes to the Lord and receives it by faith, freely offered by the Lord. And there's two reasons why this is. The first, God forgives because he is merciful. God forgives because he is merciful. The, the other translations in the early parts of the psalm, the psalmist cries out for, for mercy. And God answers that by dispensing forgiveness because that's who he is. We can bank on that. God will forgive us because he is merciful. But second, God forgives because of Jesus, because of what he's done on the cross for us. Here's what Paul says in Ephesians chapter two. But God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in our trespasses, you are saved by grace. Again, his, his mercy displayed. Why? Because of Jesus Christ and what he has accomplished for us at the cross. So what this, this text teaches us so far, what the psalm teaches us so far, is that forgiveness is readily available because God is acting consistently with his character, which is mercy, and, and we can receive that forgiveness because God is mercy and we can bank on the fact that he will never withhold forgiveness from us when we come to him in faith and a genuine heart of repentance. Because of the son of God, we can receive the forgiveness of God. Because of what Jesus has done, we know forgiveness is readily available to us. So here's a, a word to the unbeliever this morning. This forgiveness that is freely offered is offered also to you. Just as grace alone has saved us, just as Paul said, you are saved by grace. There's nothing that we can do. There's nothing the psalmist did. There's nothing that you can do to earn forgiveness, but it's readily available for those who come to God in faith and repentance. And so today is the day for you to come 
hear the, the offer of mercy to you and turn to him in faith and receive the gift that is readily available to you. This forgiveness that is offered freely when it is experienced and received by us, it leads to fruit in our lives. Look at verse four again. But with you there is forgiveness, and what does it lead to? So that you may be revered. So that you may be revered. This word revered carries the idea of a, a posture of awe and worship, with le- which leads to a desire to live a life of service to God, lead a life of godliness. So what the psalmist is saying here is when we experience and receive God's forgiveness, it leads to awe and worship, and that awe and worship then leads to a desire to live a godly life that honors him, a life of service. How is this truth helpful for the believer? Well, I'm gonna tell you, it's this, that one of the most powerful motivations to living a godly life is by taking the time to meditate upon God's goodness and mercy to you as you experienced it in forgiveness. If you're struggling with sin and you wanna put it to death, the answer is this, what the psalmist does. Fix your eyes on the mercy that God has given to you and extended to you in the forgiveness that Christ has accomplished on the cross. Meditate upon the gospel and let it lead you to a place of worship because that's the soil from which godly life will spring up. Focus on him. But this is also a word of warning. If you are in a pattern of habitual and persistent sin and you don't see real repentance and a desire for change, it might be a sign that you have never truly received the forgiveness of God. Because forgiveness, we've seen, leads to awe and worship and to godly living. But the good news is that offer is still there for you as well. Notice what the psalmist says. There is forgiveness. Not was, not will be. There is forgiveness right now, today. And so turn to him now. Receive that gift for you. Don't miss out on the opportunity that is readily available to you. So we can always go to God for forgiveness and receive his mercy just like the psalmist reminds us, but why can we do that? The psalmist shows us, and this is our second point. Remember, our God is faithful. Remember, our God is faithful. Look at verse five. I wait for the Lord. I wait and I put my hope in his word. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. So the psalmist, having experienced the the mercy and the forgiveness and the goodness of God and confident that he will continue to receive it because of who God is, that he'll act consistently with his character, then resolves to wait on the Lord. Just like a a teaser uh, that that a movie puts out, causes us to long for the full movie. It gives us glimpses of what's to come in its fullness. The forgiveness of God makes us long for the full blessing of his friendship and presence to us. 
Forgiveness is just a small part of what God is giving to us in Christ. And so his forgiveness causes us to long for him. And just like the psalmist, we wait for him. And he tells us how we should wait. Look at verse five again. I wait for the Lord. I wait and I put my hope in his word. God's word is the fuel for the fire of our patient waiting on him. God's word is the fuel for the, for the patient waiting on God. See, the word of God helps us wait because it's the word of God that reveals more and more about him. It tells us who he is, what he has done, and his work in the world and in our lives. And so as we meditate upon his word, we, we know him more and it helps us hope in him. So I wanna take a, a moment just to go over a few of the truths that we see in the scripture about who God is and what he has done. And so let it wash over you and cause your hope to rise in him. The truth that God tells us in his word, some of them here, he is always with us. His constant presence, that there's never a moment that we are far off from the Lord. He is in control of all things, and he will execute perfect justice in the end. He has complete knowledge of all things. We don't need to know everything, but the God who controls all things knows all things, and we can trust in him. This one, he provides for us. He gives us eternal life and promises us resurrected bodies, no more pain, no more suffering, no more battle with sin, just enjoyment of him and his creation in glory. And then finally this, he is building his church. Christ is building his church. Nothing can come against it. See, when we spend time meditating upon his word, and this list was in no way exhaustive, when we spend time meditating upon his word and his promises to us, it helps us to know him more. And remember, as we know the Lord, it helps us to hope in the Lord. That's why it's wise. This is a time when a lot of us make new commitments for the new year. That's why it's wise at this point. I'm gonna encourage you, make a commitment to be in God's word regularly this year. Now that's gonna look different for everyone. For some of you, based on your season of life, that might be a reading plan. But for others, it might be committing to listening to an audio Bible on the way to work. Uh, others of you, it might be we need to, to come together in community and read it together. And that's why we offer the, the Thursday night Bible study, reading together in community. Whatever that might mean for you, Commit to regularly reading God's word because that's how you are gonna know God more and how your hope for him is gonna be stirred up. So it's gonna look different for everyone, but find what works for you. Look at verse six. The psalmist goes on. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. Now, like any preacher, the psalmist repeats himself because it's incredibly important what he's trying to say. He wants it to be incredibly clear that he longs for the Lord, that, that he waits upon God and that his waiting and his longing on God puts the watchman's waiting on the morning to shame, that they, that they can hold nothing to his longing for God. But you have to remember 
Watchmen didn't have easy jobs. Now, in our context, it might, it might be lost on us. It's not like the security guard who's just waiting for his shift to be over. But it's a, it was a man who stood upon the gates and had to stay up all night and make sure that the camp wouldn't be attacked. And only when the night was over, he would have relief and rest. And so he longed for the morning. He, he counted down the minutes and he waited for the morning to come. The psalmist says that his longing for God makes the watchman's longing look like nothing because of this. Now in uh, 2011, I, I was on a, on a trip, uh, a missions trip to North Africa and, and the organizers of the trip helped us take one day of rest uh, throughout our time there and took us to the desert. Um, and we had a chance to stay there overnight. Uh, and some of you are like, that's crazy. Why, should you, why would you even do that? Yeah, no, no, it was not. Uh, and I was the youngest on the trip, and uh, they put all the ladies in tents, and they put the guys outside to sleep under the stars, because they're like, oh, that's a cool opportunity for you guys. I was the youngest, so I didn't get a blanket, I didn't get a pillow, I didn't get a mattress. And uh, on the way there, everyone was talking about camel spiders, and then scorpions, and all of these things, and it's pitch black, and I, I couldn't sleep. I was just staring up at this guy, counting down the seconds and the minutes, and it felt like forever till the morning came. I was just terrified to close my eyes. I mean, it was freezing as well. Um, no one was sharing anything with me. Um, but in the same way, sometimes our waiting on God can feel like that. Like the morning will never come. But the encouragement to us here is this, just like the watchman was confident that the morning would come because the sun rises each and every day, we can be confident that the fruits of our waiting will come, that the morning always comes where, where rest will come for us. The morning will come when our waiting on God bears fruit and finally we will have true rest and true safety. We just need to wait upon him. And the fullness of God and his promises to us are coming. And that's why the psalmist can say this, Israel, put your hope in the Lord. Notice earlier in the psalm, in verse five, he says, I put my hope in God's word. But look, did you, did you notice the audience change? It's, it's no longer him talking to his own soul. He's become so confident that his God is faithful. He turns to others. Put your hope in the Lord. When we are truly hoping on God, when we grow in our confidence that God will keep his word to us, we know that God will never let us down, so we turn to others and encourage them to do the same because God is consistent with who he is and just like he is faithful to us, he will be faithful to others who turn to him and trust him in faith. And the writer is so confident that, that God will do this. Why? Well, he goes on. Look at verse seven again. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. Why? Because for there is faithful love with the Lord. And with him is redemption in abundance. He will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. This, this phrase, faithful love, is, is a word that's used in the Old Testament to talk about God's covenant loyalty. See, we can hope in God because not only is he is faithful, but that he is a covenant-keeping God. 
That though we will fail and we break his covenant, he never will because he is a covenant-keeping God. And because God will keep his word, we can be confident that he will also, as the psalmist says, redeem us. Remember, God has forgiven us of the penalty of sin, and very soon we can be confident that he will free us from the very presence of sin. Remember, we, we talked about all of this in the, the, the heaven series. He's not only redeeming us, but he's redeeming all of creation. There will come a day when he's making all things new. No more sin, no more pain, no more suffering. Enjoyment in his presence forever is what is coming. And God does all of this through the work that he has accomplished in Jesus Christ. That at the cross, he, he displayed and offers forgiveness and displays his faithfulness to us. So remember, our God is forgiving. Remember, our God is faithful. And these things that the psalmist reminds us of when we commit to remembering these things often, it reminds us that God will never let us down. And the writer has given us a clear picture of God. Remember, when we, when we know who God is, when we know the Lord, we can hope in him. So we know where to place our hope. We place our hope not in, in things that are coming, but we hope on the Lord himself, who is forgiving, who is faithful. And so we wait upon him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Even as the psalmist reminds us, it's your word that fuels our hope in you. And we thank you for the word that you've given us this morning. Through this psalm that you've reminded us that you are a God who is faithful, that you are a God who is forgiving. And so we commit to these things, commit to remembering these things. And yet at the same time, we remember that we are frail and we often forget. And so would your spirit be with us? Help us to remember these things. Would you remind us by your word of who you are and fuel our hope in you? Help us to wait patiently, but wait with great confidence that you will do what you said you will do. Pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.